Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And when should the school year start? That's one of the big questions that the the calendar committee of the Monroe County Community School Corporation is studying and talking about. Uh, some parents believe summer break has become too short and they want some changes to the calendar. We'll talk about those school scheduling issues today with three guests who are with us in the studio. Jeffrey Henderson is the principal at Bloomington High School North. Tim Pritchett is public relations and information officer for the MCCSC. And Sarah Hurwitz is here. She's mother of three kids in the MCCSC. You can join the conversation by calling us at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So welcome. Thanks for all of you for being in here. Hi, Bob. Hey. Mary Catherine was a parent of an MCCSC student until this year. Now she's a parent of an IU student. So <laughs> she got him through. So she might have some issues, some uh, opinions on this school calendar thing as well. It's possible. All right. <laughs> Jeff, I want to ask you first because you're on the calendar committee and you were on the calendar committee when you made some changes uh, 2012, I think it was. Yes. Three years ago. So – what uh, you know? What's the calendar look like now, and what was the rationale for making some of the changes? Well, I think Bob, it's important to point out that um, both times the calendar committee has met, it's been made up of a, a wide variety of individuals from different perspectives. Uh, elementary, middle school, and high school uh, tried to represent uh, diverse. Uh, members across the community in terms of geographic locations in the community as well. Um, so I think. There are a lot of factors that weigh into it. Uh, 180-day requirement, uh, the desire to have the first semester end before winter break, um, the desire to have relatively equal length semesters so that those courses that are semester in length um, have roughly the same amount of time uh, in first semester as they do in second semester. those are some of the factors that, that weigh into those decisions and uh, some of the things the committee wrestles with. Um, I think if you look back um, at the presentation that was made to the board on the MCCSC website uh, when the last calendar was proposed and approved um, to a person, I think the members of the committee all said nobody got exactly what they wanted. Um, there were a lot of diverse ideas represented. Um, the, the term balanced calendar has been thrown out there quite a bit and um, I don't think what we currently have represents anything really close to a balanced calendar mm-hmm. uh, you know a true balanced calendar looks more like nine weeks on two weeks off nine weeks on two weeks off nine weeks on two weeks off mm-hmm. and then nine weeks on and then a summer of six or seven weeks whatever that factors out to be um, and we're, we're not there uh, in terms of the structure of the calendar. Um, we still have what I would consider to be a slightly modified traditional calendar um, with a longer fall break and a longer Thanksgiving break, um, mm-hmm. which obviously does impact the start of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, the other factors that weigh into it are the number of instructional days uh, that we have with, with students prior to testing. Um, which has become in the state of Indiana um, a very real pressure uh, that schools face uh, to meet accountability requirements in the state and to be recognized as a quality institution. So those are some of the factors that kind of weigh into the decisions that the committee uh, wrestles with as as we try to come to some agreement for a recommendation. Now, before I go on to the the other two panelists, the uh, semester issue now i keep reading about and hearing about how south the other school the other high school mm-hmm. sure. uh, main the other comprehensive high school is on, is on um trimesters, trimesters. Yeah. correct so how does how does that play into you know you said you want semesters to end before the christmas break what happens with them with the trimester i believe the current calendar ends uh the winter break begins right at the end of a six weeks grading period for them so it is a um a natural break in terms of record keeping um but it does fall 
uh, obviously in the middle of a trimester, but it is at the end of one grading period leading into the next. Okay. Tim, you know, I remember in the earlier discussions in which Jeff uh, participated that the balanced calendar phrase was used a lot more than it is now. Is that still a goal? It seemed like we were being, uh, it was communicated earlier that MCCSE was being kind of eased into this balanced calendar idea. But since it doesn't, you know, the shorter summer hasn't been really well received, are you backing away from that idea? Yeah, that was a conversation in the first calendar committee back in 2012-13, looking at different calendar models, one of them being balanced calendar or year-round, as some people call it. And I think uh, Jeff had described what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But where we are now is looking at what we've done for the past three years, taking this community input and feedback, and then adapting that into our new calendar. So in terms of us looking at a balanced calendar or a year-round school, that's not something that the calendar committee is considering. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what are the main uh, criticisms that you've heard? And Sarah, you're, you're represent, you're, well, you are a parent, so you can represent yourself. But as a parent, what are the concerns that you have about the calendar? Well, for me, I grew up on the East Coast, and my family still lives there. So that's when most people on the coast take their vacation. So my brothers and their children live there, my parents. So they go to the beach without us, mm -hmm. which is really sad. We mm -hmm. miss out um, because we started at the beginning of August. And um, frankly, I don't really see why we're doing that, and it doesn't make sense. as a, From a parent's perspective, I don't think there's any educational value in starting in the middle of the summer when all the other plate people that we love and care about don't live around here and and are, we're just not used to it, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't really want to get used to it. <laughs> um, so for me, I would love to see us go a little bit later in the school year and, you know, go into June instead of ending at May 20th, which seems very early, and um, go farther into the summer and start at the end of August. What about the idea of, um, I know with the, when they made some changes, they put some more uh, calendar breaks into the year. Do you like that? Not like Well, that? fall break is really hard for most families because we're all working and um, there's nothing to do with the kids because college is in. So yeah. there's no college students to man the, um, the camps or what have you. So it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're we're all kind of struggling for to figure out what to do. I wouldn't mind seeing like a three day weekend instead of a week off. Mm -hmm. Something a little bit a little break is okay, but not a whole week. Mm -hmm. um, Thanksgiving for us is great. I don't mind having Thanksgiving off, but um, if it would mean that we could have a longer summer, I'd be willing to give back a couple of those days as well. Mm -hmm. um, the bottom line is I still don't I'm I'm not really comfortable with the semester ending in December and that being our midpoint of the year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm sorry that's the case. Jeff, okay. you know, what is the rationale for ending before winter break? What's the big deal? I mean, um, why can't it end in January if it needs to? Uh, I think what we've traditionally tried to do is end it before before winter break because that's kind of a natural you know, the beginning of the year is kind of a new start. It's, you know, New Year's resolutions. Everybody's kind of in this uh, in this mode to start fresh in January. Um, we also have found that most of our uh, most of our snow days typically in in Bloomington happen after winter break. Um, occasionally, three years ago or so, we had a situation where we had uh, some snow days before winter break, but they've typically happened after winter break. And those snow days obviously disrupt final exam schedules and, and kind of create some havoc there. Um, when we ask our kids what they prefer, our high school kids what they prefer, they almost to a person say, I would like the break to, I would like the semester to end before we leave for winter break because then I can go home I don't have homework hanging over my head during that holiday break. I know I'm coming back to a fresh start, a fresh semester. Courses change, semester length courses change, so kids are coming back to new classes. Um, you know, I think some of the students that we heard speak at the, uh, at the public forums this week talked about the fact that uh, from their perspective, breaks that occurred during a semester don't really feel like breaks because those breaks carry with them homework assignments and the need to study and uh, projects that are due when they come back. Winter break doesn't work that way. 
It's a closure in the semester. It's something that is stamped on the transcript as a final grade for that term. And so carrying homework over winter break, uh, particularly when we've had a break that's two weeks in length, really feels to those kids like it isn't a break. So I'm, I'm very happy and interested to hear that you're taking student input. And, you know, I've been an advocate for many, many years that the high schools need to start later in the day. Is that any part of this discussion? Because, of course, as you're as an educator, you're very well aware that all the studies point to it just being ridiculous to start our high school students at the time of day that we do. Any hope that this can make it in, into this calendar discussion? Because it actually is a part of it if you want to look at it that way. That's not part of the charge of our responsibility. We're not looking at the start and end times of the school day. We are only looking at the beginning and ending dates of the school year and when breaks are taken. I hope spring's mm-hmm. eternal. No, I, I hope mm-hmm. that'll come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I can add, um, I many parents share that those two are closely related and I can see their points that they are closely related. Right now, as Jeff said, this calendar committee is specifically charged with looking at that should we take another look at the school day, which right now, you know, we're just taking feedback from people and input through our uh, input form. But should we do that, that would be a large task. So at this point, uh, your question of, you know, can that creep into this conversation in the next three weeks? No. Uh, (laughs) I don't think it would do it justice. Uh, If that was something we did want to reconsider, uh, it would need more than a, we heard a bunch of feedback in the next three weeks. Let's take a look at it. How does that happen? Do Mm -hmm. we have a next committee? Next year's committee is the length of the school day? Right now, there's not a committee formed uh, like that, but that's how the process has happened. That's how the calendar process happens. That's how um, the last time we evaluated the school day and the Wednesday morning piece mm-hmm. that we have, that all came out of a committee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Well, and wouldn't it be a situation where if enough parents banded together and said, we really need this to be a topic for the school board and the superintendent and, and the administration, bring it forward, and then At the I meeting. assume you'd be willing to open that discussion if that happened. Right, and that's how, that's how these committees have been developed, just like that. Uh, enough people come and say, hey, we have concerns, um, let's take a look at it and go from there. Yeah. yeah at, the meeting, yeah. at the meetings last night and the night before, a lot of people said, I know I'm not supposed to bring this up, but right. we'd really like to see a shorter day because our kids are a mess at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I may be unpopular with my co-host here, but when the school corporation went to a longer day, I, I was certainly writing the editorials in support of that because the MCCSC had the shortest school day of the uh, possible in the state of Indiana. Right. And that, that was, maybe they went too far, but at that well, time. Well, and just to clarify, I was actually talking about yeah. the time of day that well, high school I, students start. They need the to start later day, right, in right. the day because their but, brains just aren't, aren't there but yet. Part so of the that question, yeah, based that, on the length of the school day, too. Right? That question, yeah, we, yeah. we do continually take a look at the yeah. possibility of a new solution for that. Right now, it's a logistical situation with buses and transportation we don't double run our routes so we don't have enough school buses and drivers to have all elementary everyone start at the same time Um, and people will propose well just flip-flop elementary and high school which would then put some of our elementary kids out in the dark in the snow at 6 30 in the morning when they're five five years old so um you know that's not the best solution to it, but I, those are things we're hearing about. Well, I'm sorry, I, you know, I just I digressed a little bit, but it's such an important topic and one that I'm so passionate about, I couldn't help but sneak it in. That's all right. I mean, I know a lot of people are interested. The, the, the idea of when kids are in school is a big topic, whether it's the length of the school year, when the school year starts, or the length of the school day. So all these things are kind of intertwined, even though Jeff's committee is charged with one particular thing. So if you want to have a conversation with us today about the the length of the, not the length of the school year, but when the school year starts, the kind of breaks that are happening in the MCCSC, and uh, when the school year ends, even you can give us a call at eight one two eight five five zero eight one one or one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org/slash noon edition, and you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. So, uh, Jeff, you know, with the the committee, I mean, I know three years ago there was. Uh, I went back and reviewed some of the things that we had written and and the way that that all came about. The first recommendation was to start school on August 8th, 
and then it was moved back to August 13th because there was some reaction. And can you sort of take us back and and let us know how it went from, you know, August 8th that first year to moving up to when we start now? Yeah, I think, um, again, Bob, it's one of those situations where uh, as the committee weighed all of the factors and tried to determine, okay, how long is a fall break? How, how long is a Thanksgiving break? What does that look like for families who travel? When do we, when do we have a fall break? Um, you know, when we have a, a Thanksgiving break that is a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So folks can travel the day before Thanksgiving, spend the day of Thanksgiving with their family, maybe Friday, come home on the weekend. We found that attendance was really not very good on Monday and Tuesday. That when we only have a two-day week, uh, lots of families tend to pull their kids out on Monday and Tuesday, and then they can bundle together, you know, really nine days of time there with you know, a week and two weekends um, to actually travel. And those families that live further away, East Coast families, West Coast families, um, they have an opportunity to really kind of make a mini vacation out of that and, and spend time with families. And that's what has had kind of driven the start date further up in August was saying, okay, well, how long, if we have a fall break, what's that going to look like? If we have a Thanksgiving break, what that, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, some of the feedback we're hearing now is um, there's a group of people who don't prefer that. Um, you know, there, there are groups of people who do prefer that. Um, uh, they were not represented uh, in the two community forums, but um, you know, I know I've personally taken comments from uh, from parents who have said, "Hey, we really enjoyed having that fall break. We really had an opportunity to travel at a at an off peak time. We were able to get away as a family, um, and and cost was less as a result of it being kind of an off peak travel time." Um, so we've heard both things. It's just a matter of the committee putting all that together and trying to make a recommendation. You know, we really haven't brought out um, kind of the school system's uh, viewpoint on the benefits as as they see them for a shortened summer. Would, do you want to take that on? Sure. Uh, the input piece also I want to speak to that Jeff had mentioned. We have uh, an input tool right now that I stated publicly it would close at noon, but I'm currently here and I'm the person who closes it. <laughs> so if you have not submitted a comment yet, uh, feel free to do so, mccse.edu slash calendar. There's a survey form on there. Um, and what I've been doing for the past two days actually is sorting through the 800 plus comments that we've already had. Uh, and then I'll add those on today. And I think Jeff hit it on the head that it's all over the board uh, in terms of people supporting or not supporting. Uh, we also take into consideration these are the people who responded. So they have, you know, a dog in the fight. They care about it. And some people, you know, they post that they're indifferent. They say, I don't see an advantage or a disadvantage. So in terms of the school corporation, I don't think the school corporation, well, I'll say the school corporation doesn't necessarily have a position that is in support of or against the length of the summer. Uh, really what we want is what is best for all of our students and taking into consideration as much as we can input-wise from the community to make that decision. So we're having the biggest impact on the education of our students, but also being as mo- uh, accommodating to our families as we can. Yeah, is, so is there research that anybody knows about about, about what's a, an appropriate length? I mean, there, there, are be, there have been people who have, will say, of course, anecdotally, that, well, we want to have that shorter s- summer. Actually, uh, I pulled a quote from President Obama and Arnie Duncan who were talking about how they, they thought the summer should be shorter because people, uh, students will lose what they had and they won't retain as much knowledge. So what is the research on that, Sarah? Um, I did look into this a little bit. So my understanding is that some students forget things in the summer because the summer is pretty long. But in fact, you forget if the summer is a six-week summer or a 12-week summer, you still kind of forget. So reducing the summer by one or two weeks doesn't really help that issue. And then for schools that have done the year-round thing where that you mentioned at the beginning with the two weeks on and the summer, Two weeks, two weeks off, nine weeks on, all year round, doesn't really improve their 
ability to learn or retain. They don't get any better scores on any of the measures that they try at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So although that is a real problem, unless you have no summer, probably that's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Jeff, as an educator, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it depends on the surveys that you look at, and it depends on the demographic group of the students that are being uh, looked at. I think that uh, the, the most predominant research supporting a balanced calendar has been done in, in communities where they've taken a look at the students who are socioeconomically disadvantaged, who have uh, uh, maybe come from a single parent home where the parent works two jobs to make ends meet and there's not a lot of opportunity for enrichment activities in the summer. There's not a lot of opportunity to you know, go to museums. There's nobody in the home reading with the student. Um, and, and so when you look at um, a year-round calendar, a balanced calendar, which to be clear, we are not looking at. Um, <laughs> if, if you look at the research around that concept, um, the most significant gains are made by those students who don't have the support mechanisms at home to continue to be engaged in academic uh, enriching uh, extracurricular activities or co-curricular activities during those long breaks in the summer. Um, there is a component of our community that would fit that demographic. Um, there's also a component of our community that doesn't fit that demographic. There's also a component of our community um, that is international and travels during the summer to home countries to visit family, to visit relatives. Um, you know, so it's th this is a very, very diverse place to live. It's a unique location in the city of in the state of Indiana. I mean, Bloomington is a very unique city. Mm -hmm. uh, having worked in other districts um, that are not as diverse, um, those kinds of factors really don't weigh in. And in those communities, the calendar is typically developed by the superintendent, an administrator and a representative of the teachers association in a room by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're trying to be more inclusive than that here. We're trying to take in, you know, public perspective and mm -hmm. trying to come up with what's right. Um, you know, what's right for one is not going to be right for another. And so where is that balance? Mm -hmm. And then you also have the, the, the factor of the university and trying to balance with the university in some way. Yeah. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to have Kathy on the phone. And then we've also got a question from Twitter. We're talking about the, uh, the school calendar in the Monroe County Community School Corporation. And if you're outside of the MCCSE, you certainly can join this conversation, too, because I'm sure there are issues with school calendars in your communities. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Fiber, online at smithville.com, and IU School of Public Health Bloomington, online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at wfiunews.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each weekday afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. We are wrestling with the issue of how, how, when the school year should start here in the MCCSC, all the factors that go into trying to make that decision. We have three guests uh, with us in the studio, Jeff Henderson, the principal at Bloomington High School North and a member of the calendar committee, Tim Pritchett, the public relations and information officer for MCCSC, and Sarah Hurwitz, a mother of three kids in the MCCSC and someone who's very interested in when the school year starts and when it ends. You can join us on the phone by giving us a call at 812-855-0811. 
or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We've got a caller on the line. This is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Yep. Hi, Kathy. I want to say this is uh, Kathy Fuentes Rar. She's the parent of two graduates of MCC students as well as two kids still attending MCCSC. Pardon me, and she's also the chairperson of the Indiana Coalition for Public Education of Monroe County and South Central Indiana. And if you've been following this story, you've probably uh, heard Kathy's name. So, hi, Kathy. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, so, I just, not having known all the research about what children lose or what they don't lose over the summer, I did sit in on um, most of the two hearings that we, the town hall meetings that we had this week. And one of the things that felt kind of disturbing was the sense of us versus them. Those are the parents that are of means that are speaking up and saying, we want this, and why should those children cost us our summer? And and I think that it's important for us when we're talking about it to try not to frame it so that we're battling against each other. If children who don't have access to what Jeff was saying to museums and running through the park and all the kind of enrichment and the learning that I think most research would support that children do when they're away from school, then it doesn't follow, I don't think, that that we should therefore make more kids go in school. It's a matter of what are we as a community going to do to meet all kids' needs. If best practices is they have time off, they have time to play and explore and learn in ways that create um, learners who are critical thinkers and can do all kinds of things, and how can we provide for all children in the summertime those kinds of experiences and um, and not so much us versus them? That, that worries me in, in the tone. So, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, so, Kathy, do you have ideas or uh, any, any of you on the panel for how we would uh, – provide that enrichment. Are there not, not uh, the opportunities now? Tim? Well, Camp Rock and yeah. Boys well, sure. I, mean, yeah. the, I don't, you know, I honestly don't know, right? Uh-huh. Like if you were sitting in there and we were able to talk to some of the populations of parents that might feel differently about having the summer off for their kids or not, or might just really be concerned about what am I going to do with them? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have those problems when it comes to that October break, probably in spades, because there are no camps for that week with the college kids still in session. Mm-hmm. And I think it's but, important to remember, too, there's a, a portion of the population that we're talking about school as a real safety net for them, including a, a source of a, a meal during the day that during the summer may not be present. Right. And I don't know that it necessarily needs to be like, well, tough luck for them. Also, but I also think that it's really important to be mindful of if all children deserve or should have something then how can we provide that and i don't know what the ideas are you know there are certainly a lot of organizations in town like boys and girls club and the city does a lot and goes a long way to that um but providing those safe places to stay to play and to um to have adults look after them and to provide um the transportation to get to that and provide you know it's 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 Mm -hmm. kind of overwhelming it is overwhelming Mm -hmm. but i but i don't know i don't like the feeling that i get when i'm listening to the conversation that some parents are saying my child should not have to pay for those children because we're all in this together and we should all care about all children and i agree that my child should not have to be sitting in a seat or in a structured um environment necessarily if it's not good for all children Tim? what is the loss from? So, I just would like to see also what other communities do. But that's a broader conversation with asking the community partners to partnership and provide those things for kids. But, um, and I don't even know, mm-hmm. part of it too is, is that the research that Jeff was talking about, is that the reason why we are making those decisions? Because that kind of is unclear as well. All right, we're going to go to Tim Pritchard. Yeah. I think everybody has something to say about so this, Kathy. There's a lot of pieces. Uh, yeah. Your last question uh, about why we're making those decisions. In 2012-13, when the current calendar was decided on, some of the, actually, the committee's justification for it was shared, uh, and that video is online. But I think looking forward to this particular situation that we're in, it all comes down to balance and finding, um, you know, as we've all recognized, 
the situation of one student is not identical to any other student. It's going to be very okay. vast and very diverse. And having worked for Bloomington Parks and Recreation, worked at the Banneker Center, ran Kid City Summer Camp, assistant director at Rhino's Youth Center, um, and worked you know hand in hand with Boys and Girls Club for years, I have a really I think I have a good appreciation for what the school calendar does to community organizations and how it impacts the opportunities that they need to provide for kids. And I understand that not every kid has access to those opportunities, but um, what we have seen is um, Girls Inc., Boys and Girls Club, Parks and Rec, and uh, numerous other organizations have come out and fall break the running fall break camps. Um, oh, good. Okay. So I see uh, that's me talking, not knowing. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, that was very intentional. Uh, in 2013, the superintendent called together all those community providers uh, who I worked with for so many years, and we sat down and basically laid it out and said, here are the spots in our calendar where we will need things. The Banneker Center, for example, uh, has food service programs that they provide. So, you know, where the biggest gaps are, I think the community partners have stepped up and helped, and okay. I think the challenge in front of us now is you know within the parameters that we have figuring out what balance is going to make the most sense for the most people keeping in mind that the education of our students is the utmost important piece of it right right i think kathy you brought up an interesting point about the transportation issue you know a public school there's a big yellow bus that comes by your house and brings you there every day you know lots of these other uh, youth serving agencies don't provide transportation to and from your door so those students that are most in need those students that uh, have uh, the fewest means often have the greatest difficulty in getting to those things so um, that's that's also a big challenge that's out there for uh, the community uh, to you know really engage in and try to solve but I would like to compliment Bloomington because coming here from North Carolina we I don't think they had nearly as many um, opportunities in the summers and and I guess in fall break mm-hmm. um, that we have here. It's great. My kids went to um, Girls Inc. and Boys and Girls Club, and they loved it. So, and there's all kinds of students who go there, and it's it, it's a really great program. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that the we YMCA. have it. I forgot what YMCA. Yeah, yeah the YMCA. Y- yeah, mm-hmm. we have a lot of great programs here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Kathy. Anything else? No, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We thanks, Kathy. It. Thank you, Kathy. That yeah. was Kathy, Bye, Kathy. Kathy Fuentes Roar, who's been a guest on our program before when we're talking about school issues. She's the uh, chairwoman of the Indiana Coalition for Public Education of Monroe County. So if you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. We did have a question come in from Twitter. Just The question is just who is pushing for school to end in May? Uh, this person agrees that many families want a vacation, want more vacation time in August. Is there, is there some group that's pushing for May? Or? Well, having looked at 800-plus uh, responses in an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet for the past two days, and I'll be spending the rest of the afternoon doing that, um, there are people spread throughout. And literally in the, that feedback, I'll read one comment that says, we love fall break. Don't ever get rid of it. And the next one says, I hate fall break. Are you insane? You know? Um, <laughs> So that that is the balance. And what we're doing with that to take back to the calendar committee is I'm sorting through and compiling all of the comments related to child care, all of the comments related to um, family vacation, uh, either in support or not in support of a sp- Thanksgiving or fall break. And then presenting those to the calendar committee next Thursday when they meet. The survey, we did get some feedback. Um, somebody mentioned to me after a forum, why, why is it open-ended? Why is the survey open-ended? How are you going to count my vote? To which I responded, it's actually not a vote. Um, and very few things in public organizations, take the IU calendar, for example, the trustees might vote on it, but they don't throw it out to all the alumni and all the employees and all the students and say, give us your public input and then vote. Um, what we want is public input so the committee can make the most informed, educated uh, estimation of what calendar is going to serve this community the best. But a vote, you know, by nature would be problematic because we're not going to reach everybody that we need to reach to actually weigh in on it. Well, and the other thing is that the vote 
you know, a, a, a vote. It's great to have a democracy, but sometimes people get shut out of a democracy who really need to have a voice, and they may not, you know, they may not have the voice. So. I think in answer to that question, though, because we want to, it sounds like the calendar committee really wants to have this, the first semester end in December. It limits your options for what you can do. So that's why this fall break is so controversial. Yeah. Frankly, if we were going later, starting later in August, the fall break would be less of a big issue. It's just we want those days for the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why it's such a big yeah. But Yeah. And Jeff, just again, from your vantage point of being in the schools, what's the, what's the fall break? Is, are students happier, less happy? I mean, do you see any big difference because we've had a fall break the last three years? Well, I think anytime kids have an opportunity to maybe disengage a little bit from the daily routine, um, they come back a little bit rejuvenated when that normal daily routine comes into play. But you also have to factor in that um, the IHSAA seasons continue. Marching band season continues. you know, there are kids who are involved in extracurricular and co-curricular activities who, during break, may not be actively engaged in going to class all day, but they still have practice. The practice may be at a different time during the day. Rather than practicing at 4 o'clock, maybe we practice at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know. Um, so there are changes to that routine, and I think, um, you know, just getting out of the monotony of a daily routine can sometimes refresh folks. Um, you know, I did find it interesting to to listen to some of the kids that came to the two. We had two students speak, one each night, um, talk about the fact that, you know, a break during a semester doesn't really feel like a break to me because I still have homework to do. I still have things that I'm required to do. I'll be the first to admit, I mean, I have two children. I have a sophomore at North and I have an eighth grader at Tri-North. And, and I see that they frequently have homework that they have to complete over break. Um, I will say that that isn't necessarily always the fault of the teacher. That sometimes sometimes that's the fault of a procrastinating teenager who puts things off and and doesn't do them because, well, it's not due till after fall break, so I've got the entire fall break to do it. And then it's this kind of cloud that looms over your head. I've never met a child like that. No, 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 no. So, um, you know, I don't know that the break is necessarily totally responsible for that. I think there's some personal responsibility to go along with that as well. But, But I will admit that a break during a semester is significantly different than a break during the summer. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the phones. We have Stan on the phone. Stan? Hi. uh, I've been noticing in the paper and I've I've heard on your program that uh, you don't have enough bus drivers. And I guess I have two questions. Is Is the rate of pay not good enough? And the second is, could the city possibly help, especially during the summer, uh, there, there might be some time available for city bus drivers, uh, and I realize the routes have to be learned and they're different, but the city might be able to help to some extent. Mm-hmm. Well, I can comment just briefly. Uh, we are specifically talking about the calendar right now, but there is more information about the bus driver positions at mccse.edu slash careers. Uh, that will take you to the postings, the rate of pay, uh, the training, et cetera. But the, as far as the you know transportation being an issue, so if we're not getting enough bus drivers for the school year as it is now, it, I guess it might stand to reason that it'd be hard to find people who would be able to drive if there were buses available for the summertime. True, Jeff. Well, I think I think uh, probably somebody that's more qualified yeah. to answer the issues with regard to the transportation concerns besides me would need to answer those questions. But I know that finding qualified bus drivers and keeping them is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I've spoken with Gib Nyswander <clears throat> on a number of occasions about um, concerns over transportation and the availability of buses to take kids to extracurricular activities and perhaps a delay because we have to wait till a bus driver is available for running an elementary route at the end of the day to be able to drive kids to an athletic event um, you know so I know that's a challenge that they continue to work on every day and try to solve and um, they've been trying to be very creative in the district about how can we combine positions um, you know of, of, of folks who maybe work another job in the corporation but maybe we could shorten their hours during the day and have them drive a bus in the morning and drive a bus in the afternoon that's not ideal because then what isn't getting done with that person who had a you know a, a longer job during the day before yeah. they started driving a bus so 
Yeah. Uh, it's a battle. But, they, yeah, these transportation issues are certainly complex and important, right? Stan, thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. And we also have Joyce on the phone. Joyce is from Bloomington. Joyce? Hi. I'm just calling to basically address the elephant in the room. I think there are a lot of people who would like to see if you're going to have a summer vacation for kids, you start with August, and then you back up from there because that's the hottest month, and it involves 4-H kids who are just missing school left, right, and center with the current calendar. Um, and then it's better for pools and all kinds of things, air conditioning costs. So if you start with August and move back, you can take away June and have a, a calendar that's better for parents and their kids and have a later start to the school day also. SAT scores are going down. This calendar is not benefiting students. The elephant in the room is that the calendar is set so that you want to preserve that December break, not for the students, not for anyone except for the school system scores on the I-steps. The school corporation has made it very clear that they want to pack in as much material as possible for the students before the I-STEP exam. It has nothing to do with students and their testing or anything else. And, you know, it's hard to imagine they're going to look at this and really do anything by the time all said and done. Let me, um, let me have two, two points. One is SAT scores are going down. Is that true? Not true. There was a very slight dip in a SAT scores, mm-hmm. but if you look it at the quantity of students mm-hmm. that are taking the exam versus previous years, there's been an increase in the number of students who take the exam. So you, you can't really necessarily just look at the raw score and compare apples to apples. To apples. It, it, you have to look at the total data and say how many students are taking the test and, and what are the scores and how significant is the drop. Um, it's very sure. slight, uh-huh. and there are more kids taking it than ever before. Okay, let, now let's sure, get that the, I step. I so. was just using that as an illustration to say, you know, the benefit to the students just doesn't seem to be that obvious. That may be in an error bar and true. If more people are taking it, you're digging farther down into the um, student population, and that's a positive thing. So um, the, I the step. point is that they, the school calendar was set for that December break, and I don't know that that many people care about it. Um, and then it's so that you pack in as much material as possible before the I-STEP exam. Let's let these guys address that. Joyce, thanks for the question. Yeah, thank you, Joyce. The I-STEP question, I think, is a real one, and some people did bring that up at our forums. Um, it's one that, like it or not, many people are very outspoken about it. Like it or not, it's a reality, and if our student performance on the I-STEP is not up to the state standard, bad things happen. Uh, bad things happen around the state. Thankfully, you know, our school corporation does a really nice job, but, and our students perform very well. But looking at it, um, you know, there are some serious consequences if performance doesn't, um, doesn't meet the state standards on that. So what we have when we're looking at an early spring, late winter, uh, testing period, usually from February to early April, February to March, um, we do have, you know, a legitimate concern and I think obligation to get as much educational material to our students prior to that date because the consequences are so significant on that test. Although my understanding is once from before this current calendar where we started so early to now, the I-STEP scores haven't changed. The test has changed about a dozen times since okay. as well. Well, so. we're doing fine <laughs> as far as the I-STEP goes, yeah. regardless right. of the calendar. If, right. you could do, yeah. if you could do fine on the I-STEP, then students could get the August back. And I really think that students need a break for creativity for all kinds of reasons that would benefit society. And, you know, with the early start with the school day and the long school day, because some students need more help, I would advocate actually looking at the bus situation and putting on late buses so that kids could get bus late for activities as well as remedial help. No one would know who's there for what, and that would make it better. So I would say that you know part of the solution could be more bus drivers. I know it's a difficult topic and I know it's challenging, but you know shorten the school day, have it later start, get a full summer and have late buses from remedial help for kids. Well, that and on bus drivers, yeah, we would love more bus drivers. If you want to drive a bus, if you drive a bus, um, if you love kids but don't have a CDL but are willing to drive a bus, let us know. We have training provided, paid training provided. Uh, we would love to meet more bus drivers. All right. Can I 
Can I, I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. I have Thanks, a question about, about what the calendar committee is really considering. Are we considering anything that's, are we just talking about taking away the one week in, um, in fall break and adding it to the summer and that's really all we're gonna get? Or are we considering changing the idea from and having more of August available to us? Well, I think you have to first look at the parameters that the calendar committee was given to operate within. Um, and, and those are being uh, a 180-day school year, semesters ending before winter break. Okay, well, so uh, that, that answers the question. Why is that the parameter? And, and well, I, th I think we tried to address that a little bit earlier in the program when we talked about the fact that uh, when we talk to kids about the desire to end, uh, when to end the semester, it's almost unanimous in our building that we want the semester to end. I totally understand that. I totally do. But there's only one high school that's determining the fate of all of the thousands of elementary school and the other high school students. And three middle schools. And, uh, mm -hmm. and what it also an does, so school. being a midterm point for Bloomington South, it's also something supported by the administration of Bloomington South being a midterm point. So you can actually have some sort of... Uh, conclusion at the midpoint of the school year and at the midpoint it of the second trimester. It just seems surprising to me that all of the other school systems on the coast seem to manage to have their the semester end after winter break, and they're fine. Yeah how how was how was it organized when before you came here you're in the school what district I, you were? What in, I so. went when I went to school we mm -hmm. had we started late August and we went we had our mid to earth, the first semester finals. Mm -hmm at the um, end of January. So yeah, and it was back. like that here less than 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we came back, we had a couple weeks to study, and then we took the exam. We all survived. Right, and there are those who could argue, I think, Jeff, to the other side. I mean, I get the popularity with the high school students, but then there are those who might appreciate that Christmas break time to really study and get ready for those tests to do their best. So I think it is one of those issues that could be looked at from either side. Let's go to the phones. We have Jenny on the phone. Jenny's from Bloomington. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I just uh, thanks to you all uh, for explaining the calendar process. To I'm somewhat frustrated by the situation when decisions about our kids that impact families in this way, whether we see our relatives or whether we don't, or whether we get pool time in August or whether we don't, are being um, uh, th those decisions are being driven by high stakes testing, and that's not our school corporation's fault. That's our legislators' fault, and so. Um, I, I really appreciate, uh, Tim, you explaining that to the public, and I, I hope that MCCSC can try to protect our kids from the effects of the testing and really engage with families and as much explanation as you can give us, as much, as much information and breakdown of the data that you're collating. That's, that's going to be helpful to all of us. Um, I really value the relationship between our community and our schools and I just I am very frustrated when I see that compliance and concern about the state uh, the high stakes state environment um, it's sort of getting between those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jenny do you um, go to the MCCSC website and follow things I'm just curious. I do sometimes go to the website I, I go to the school board meetings. Ah very good okay <laughs> all right thank you. Yeah, thanks. All right, Jenny, thanks for the call. Any reaction? Well, I just think that uh, when you talk to educators that you will uh, also find a great deal of frustration with high-stakes testing. Um, and uh, uh, to quote one of my good friends across the uh, town at our rival school, Mr. Fletcher, uh, he will frequently say you don't fatten a pig by weighing it. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you, you are not making kids smarter by testing them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, any, any time dedicated to high-stakes testing is taking away time from educating kids. And, um, you know, I understand the goal to ensure that we have high-quality teachers in classrooms delivering high-quality content to kids. I understand that. I, I personally don't know that um, high-stakes testing is necessarily the way to ensure that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's actually counterproductive because so many teachers are feeling such pressure and leaving the profession. Well, there is a teacher shortage. Uh, if you look at the at the mm -hmm. trends, I know mm -hmm. that there's been some articles yeah. about it in uh, the Herald Times uh, recently. You know, 18 percent fewer students are enrolling in our state 
uh, education prep programs and uh, you know, the number of applicants that we have for open teaching positions. Um, you know, this is my 11th year in this community as principal at North, and uh, the number of applicants that we have for positions uh, is significantly less than it was when I arrived here 10 years ago. We had uh, 20 teaching positions to fill in our building this year because of retirements, because of folks moving, um, because of folks leaving the profession. Um, so, you know, that's a significant amount of turnover mm-hmm. in a building that mm-hmm. has about 100 certified staff members, not all of which are classroom teachers. You know, there are guidance counselors and librarians and technology coordinators and administrators in that number. But mm-hmm. um, the largest percentage of those are classroom teachers. Um, and that's, you know, 20 of of that group is is a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, you all have a very difficult job to mm-hmm. try to figure out, you know, what the calendar should be and all sorts of other issues. We have about a minute and a half to go. So when, any last thoughts, Tim? Any last thoughts? To... Oh, I'll say it. It'd take me about 15 minutes to get back to the office. So if you have not <laughs> submitted anything on that and would still like to, uh, you still have an opportunity to go online before I shut it off. And even after that, um, I've said this on WGCL, but the contact us button on the homepage of the MCCSC actually kicks straight to my email. So if there is a question uh, that you have about the MCCSC, about the calendar, about any other topic, hit that contact us button. Uh, I'd be happy to help. So mccsc.edu for uh, to, to complete the survey quickly before you get back to the office. Slash calendar. Slash calendar. Okay. All right. We're out of time. Sorry, you guys. You thank you. Appreciate you don't, it. You don't get any last words. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for today. I do want to thank our guests uh, for joining us, Jeff Henderson, Tim Pritchett, and Sarah Hurwitz, for Mary Catherine Carmichael, uh, and also producer Drew Dodlin and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from School of Public Health Bloomington. Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu. And Smithville Fiber, the Gigacity Company. Fiber Internet, HD, and digital IPTV in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.